occult crimes, paranormal investigations, urban legends, and strange happenings. Welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. Hey, welcome back to the host of Constantly Sick, Magic, and Murder. I'm Kate. I'm Abby. This is episode nine. Is it? I don't remember anymore. This is episode nine. Episode one of three of our festive release. The three-day bender of podcasts. Yeah, we were supposed to release them over the last three weeks, but uh, we were horribly ill. Surprise! I was bedbound, so... And then Kate infected me, and then I was sick. So it's been a rough time. But now, we're better. Now we're here to tell you... All of your spooky stories to fulfill your spooky needs. Yeah, we were going to record, but um, sick people making a podcast doesn't sound... Yeah, I had laryngitis, so I sounded like this. It wasn't good. You guys wouldn't have loved it as much as you normally do, so... You want to make the announcement? Oh, yes. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> uh, yes, thank you. We hit a thousand listens. Um, we really appreciate it. And thank you so much for you guys' support. Continued listening. And we hope you are all having as good a time as we are. Yeah, we did hit it a little while ago. You might have seen it if you follow us on social media at MythMagicPod. Shameless self-plug. But um, we weren't able to make the episode to thank you, so thank you for that. Alright, I feel like this is a dig at me of having a migraine. 2020 is going to be a good year and we'll be able to hopefully get some more listens. It's going to be a year free of sickness, so be prepared for actual scheduled <laughs> updates. Hope you had a happy holidays. No. Merry Halloween part two. <laughs> Whatever the adverts are. Shut up, Kate. <laughs> anyway, today I'm going to be talking about Area 51. And I'm going to be talking about La Llorona. So what do you know about Area 51? Oh, I know that it's in a desert. And it's got aliens in it, I guess. It's like Lizards. a military base that was secret. Ages. Well, that's the episode. Thanks for <laughs> And it's done. In the early 1950s, the US Navy and Air Force sent a low-flying aircraft on missions over the USSR. Um, that's the wrong page. I, I was wondering. I, I was thinking we were going straight in, yeah, all so the way back to the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> this starts in the 50s. This is this, It starts in the 50s. Uh-huh. Oh, goodness. It's good to be back. It is. It's we don't have a clue time. what we're doing. Oh. You know what? I've just been out that I use notes. I don't just know all of this off the top of my head. <laughs> you what? I do. I remember all of my It just closes her eyes and just transports my back. My eyes roll back into the back of my head and I just... <laughs> she just recites. Speak it verbatim. That's so funny. Didn't you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't... I realised that I was doing it on the wrong page because I don't have my sauces, which are obviously the most important. Oh, you mean bit. all three of them? Yeah, ketchup, mustard, and my... Stop it. My goodness. <laughs> Uh, businessinsider.com, BBC, The Guardian, CNN, Wikipedia, PopularMechanics.com, and Time. Wow. Website, not the spice. You're more than um, two. Shut up. <laughs> uh, before I start this properly, uh, these are not real, not mostly real, not, not real facts. I'm just, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> My goodness, it's going to be a long episode, I'm trying folks. to express, uh, I don't want the government to come for me, I am afraid, and... I don't know if aliens are real, so please don't attack me. Okie doke. Area 51 is a highly classified secret military facility in Nevada, USA, which is near Vegas. 
Yeah, I was going to say Pan Americans. The United States Air Force says that the base is used exclusively for training. And it is extremely secret. Extremely. I wrote that in all caps. Why is it secret? If they've just said it's for training? They've just said what they do. It's extremely secret. <laughs> okay. Which is what like started the conspiracies, really. Because why would they be so secretive about this one training base over the other bases? Because they didn't admit it existed until 2013. Right. The yeah. security there is so tight that like if you get too close, they can just shoot you. Oh, cool. Love that. America. <laughs> uh, all of the research about Area 51 is top secret, and they only released the information following a Freedom of Information Act request. So they weren't even going to tell people until like everyone was like, we see that. That doesn't seem that weird, though. What is it? I guess, yeah. I mean, it's the military. I don't think they're, they're going to go have around. secrets, aren't they? Yeah, telling people. It's like no one knew they had nukes before, like... They dropped a nuke. Yeah. They got secrets, man. So when you get to the area where the base is located, there's an unmarked dirt road with a boom gate and a bunch of no trespassing signs. With a what? A boom gate. What's that? <laughs> it's like a gate. You know the ones you drive up to? Oh, she's got her arm out. And then you li- <laughs> and then it like lifts. The arm's raising. And your car goes through and then you... Goes oh, like the red and white ones? Yeah, I think this one might be black and white. Oh. You can see it on our Instagram. Yeah. But yeah, you're the ones where you scan your card so you can get through. So you can't get through if you just don't have... The ones that you could just duck under if you weren't in a vehicle. Well, yeah, but they have higher security than that. You can't just duck into the gate. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> oh, cracked it. I'm in Area okay, 51. Just walked in. Yeah, just stormed it single-handedly. <laughs> I've walked straight in under the boom gate. Fuck your security. When you get past the gate, there are so many cameras that no area is hidden. You cannot hide in the shadows. So I'm going to go cannot- at night. You cannot sneak underneath. Yeah, I can. If there it's are at armed night, guards patrolling the perimeter. I'll yeah, I'll wear black at night. And some people claim that the road has sensors in it, so they know you're coming. But there's no real proof of that. I'll That's parachute in. I don't think you can fly over <laughs> it. Oh yeah. You can go nearby it though, because there's a little town called Rachel on the extraterrestrial highway that you can visit. Called and Rachel. It has some Rachel. What a sweet name. And it has some local alien-themed businesses. Well, yeah, obviously. There's you a gotta. bar called Little Ale Inn. Oh, and there's like gift shops, and it's just it, it's all very sweet. It's all very I alien. Go. It's so bad. Even if the government isn't hiding aliens there, the townspeople. It's cute that they've like been like, oh, we've got some aliens over there. Let's make some merch. Yeah, makes let's make the aliens feel at home. Yeah, man, that's so cute. Little Ale Inn. We should go. <laughs> that's that's such a funny name. You want to go? <laughs> yeah, Little Ale Inn. Our first live show is in the desert. Bring your lizard. <laughs> the CIA started using Area 51 in 1955 to develop a high-altitude plane, as well as other supersonic and stealth planes. They built the planes because after the Second World War, the Soviet Union backed North Korea. North Korea's invasion of South Korea. Oh, let me guess. In the 50s, there was a low-flying plane. America <laughs> worried about the USSR technology and their ability to launch a surprise attack. And in the 50s, the US <laughs> Navy and Air Force sent a low-flying aircraft on missions over the USSR. Well, they're at risk of being shot down because planes did not fly very high. <gasps> no way. Because of this, President Eisenhower approved the secret development of a high-altitude plane called the U-2 program. Okay, like the band. Big fan. Cool. <laughs> when they put their album on everyone's iPhone. Oh, God. That was, that was the biggest shock of this decade. Like, that's what they're doing in Area 51. Yeah. <laughs> yeah putting right. bad albums. Eisenhower's on. still there. He's still alive. He's, he's like, like a head, you know, like in Futurama. Yeah. Anyway, y'all better put you two on everyone's phone. 
one of their first orders of business was to track down a remote location for training and testing. So they picked the desert in the Fair enough, yeah. Pick a desert. There ain't much going on in the deserts. That is true. Not an awful lot goes on in the desert. Sand. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Sand, lizards, cacti. Yeah. I like those things. Yeah. Maybe I should go to the desert. Uh, you don't really like the sun or heat. So, I'm going right. to say don't. <laughs> the myths of UFOs in Area 51 started in 1955 when the planes were being tested. Reports came in about unidentified flying objects because, you know, there were planes no one had ever seen before in the area. Mm-hmm. And many of the reports came in from airline pilots who had never seen an aircraft fly at such intense altitudes. So how high were they? Well, today's commercial planes go as high as 45,000 feet. Right. But in the 50s, they tended to fly between ten and 20,000 feet. Okay. And the U-2 flew at 60,000 feet. Oh, shit. So, so even, like, now? Even now, it would be insanely high. Jesus. You would still be flying a plane, and it would still be considerably higher than you. So That must have been so fucking spooky for the pilots, because, like, you think you know everything. You think you've seen everything. You know what I mean? You're, like, above everything. You're, like, hanging out. And then you look up, and you see this just fucking weird looking thing <laughs> above you and you're like wait i thought i was the highest thing in this sky yeah if they're about twenty thousand feet up that's like three times the the height oh my goodness them. yeah so a lot of reports came in being like there are spaceships understandably in nevada yeah <laughs> someone please come sort this out and the air force officials like knew that they were of the planes but they weren't allowed to tell this to anyone because obviously it was secret testing yeah so they made up excuses like weather research or natural phenomena to try and explain it it's not really b- believable. Yeah, most people thought that it was like sketchy, so rumors started to spread about aliens. Or looking at the clouds. Got to, got to get higher to look at the clouds. The testing of the U2 ended in 1950s, but the conspiracy was revisited in 1989 when a man called Bob Lazar... <laughs> I you were going to say Bob Lasagna. <laughs> Bob Lasagna. <laughs> he claimed to have worked near Area 51, said that he had seen aliens and it helped to reverse engineer alien spacecrafts while working there. Well, that's not true, is it? Why? He'd be dead. From the aliens? No, not from the aliens. <laughs> the aliens are evil. No, but, like, I feel like if the CIA or, like, military or whatever sees that you're about to, like, go start chatting about all of this alien shit that you were supposed to be, like, bound to secrecy about, they'd just kill you. Anyway... Bob claims to be a scientist that studies at MIT, mm-hmm. and he operates under United Nuclear Scientific Equipment and Supplies. That sounded like you dubbed over yourself. <laughs> and he operated under United. Because <laughs> that's the name of his like business, but it's quite a long name, so I didn't want to mess it up. Right. Uh, they sell a variety of materials, such as radiation sensors and other science things about and podcasts and other scientists. Mm-hmm. So this guy has a scientific background, so it is possible that he could have worked at Area 51. Yeah, I guess. He told his story on a Las Vegas TV station with his face hidden and a fake name to discuss his employment at Area 51. And he said that he had to reverse engineer nine alien spacecrafts in total. Wait, okay, right. Why on earth did he bother covering up his face and his name and then giving exact details of all of the work that he did? I bet it was like, on January 1st, I started construction <laughs> on the AB9Z. And like... <laughs> Everyone, anyone that works there, the military, whoever's in charge of this, can just be like, that's Bob. That's Bob Lasagna. Yeah, he's worked on nine planes. He's just quit. That's Bob, isn't it? 
What's the point, Bob? I don't know. I'm not Bob. Sorry, I'm so angry at Bob. I just don't believe Bob, him. Bob, if you're listening to this, please ignore <laughs> Kate. I'm, I'm not normally a skeptic, but there are some things that I don't agree with already. He had another interview in November, and he shared his own face and name in this one. Well, yeah, because everyone knew it was Bob. Maybe he realised like that was kind of pointless. Maybe he was like, oh, shit. Maybe he just hadn't shaved for it, so he was like, maybe I'll just... True, maybe he wasn't camera ready. Yeah. That's why we do a podcast. <laughs> he described how the aircrafts were able to fly and how he had read briefing documents describing the involvement of Earth with an extraterrestrial species known as Grey Aliens. And he described where their planet was, like, in reference to the universe. Okay. Grey Aliens. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Um, I don't know. Grealians. Why would they not have come up with like a name? Do you know what I mean? Because like, they're grey, Kate. Yeah, I get that. But we give everything else a scientific name. Well, you know, you're calling everything else like Latin names or whatever. And then you see that species and you're like, grey alien, isn't it? <laughs> Look it's at that. Alien. It's grey. Well, it's so... skin's grey. There's an alien. <laughs> grey alien. Bob's story gained enormous media attention, controversy, and supporters, but he does admit that he has no actual proof of, uh, you know, working here and having these claims. Well, yeah, that's fair enough. But he still stands by the claims in 2019. However, it's important to note that no planets have actually been found in the area that he claims the grey aliens were from. Bob, you're losing me. He has proof of taking electronics courses, but no proof of his scientific studies at MIT. Bob, you're losing me. And actually, new- to be fair... I can kind of understand that because, like, if you start working for Area 51, they might, like, erase kind of your information. So they kind of off the grid. It's like spies. With spies, they're just like, you, you don't, don't exist. exist. Yeah. His nuclear equipment and supply company was fined for selling a chemical that could be used to make illegal fireworks. So it's up to you whether you trust him. That wasn't me being like, he's not a scientist. It's more just like, How can you trust this man? He did one. B-Tech electrical course. There's a documentary on him. Area 51. There's a documentary on him that you can watch. It's called Bob Lazar, Area 51, and Flying Sources. It's on Netflix in England. It might be in the US, but we have different Netflixes, I think, so I don't know. We do. There's a way better. <laughs> Some people who also claim to work to Area 51 said so they found the claims from Bob really annoying because they've spent time building the incredible technology, and people think it's... It's alien technology. What if Bob was like the moon moon of Area 51? They're like, oh, it's oh, Bob. It's fucking Bob again. Listen, I made that with my own bare hands and he's over there. I get that, that would be annoying. Aliens. If you spent like years of your life dedicating your life to making this incredible space. Yeah, if you actually craft. went to MIT. <laughs> and then cotton. this guy is just like, oh, it's aliens. Oh, big old grey alien. Shut up, Bob. Area 51 is still very much in use, and you can see its new constructions and expansions being added to it on Google Earth. Do they get, like, the guy on the Google bike riding around? No. I ducking don't. under the don't boom think. gate? I probably use, like, a drone. Oh. Ducking under the boom gate. So what do you think happens there? Are Area there aliens 51? in Area 51? I think... So I'm not too sure aliens exist. Sorry? I'm not. I knew you were going to be upset by this. In general, in like the whole universe. Kate, well, the universe no, is huge. I'm not like totally skeptical. we do a spooky podcast. Yeah, no, I know. But like that doesn't mean I believe in everything. I still don't believe in Bigfoot because you gave me literally nothing but a Kickstarter and an old video. I... <laughs> so 
I don't know a poll that I put on our Instagram at Miss Magic Pod. Most people believe in Bigfoot, so you're the odd one out here. So anyway, <laughs> so no, 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 no. <laughs> you suck, Kate. No, like I, I don't not believe in aliens. You know, it's the same as like ghosts. I'm happy to believe that they exist, but I would like an encounter. I would like first-hand experience because I don't trust people. I don't trust Bob because I don't know Bob. Do you know what I mean? What about when we were at university? And all the lights kept going on and off. And all the plug sockets were turned on. And then there was a woman wailing. You don't last. I never heard the wailing, to be fair. Maybe I'll talk about that on a future episode. (sighs) Yeah. Because it was horrific. Um, anyway. I, yeah, I just don't know. And like, I know that, you know, the universe is huge and vast. And, you know, it would be stupid to believe that there's not at least something out there. I'm not saying that. There could be, um, you know, like there was water on the moon. There could be like plants and stuff. And there could be like living organisms. Like, I'm not saying there aren't, but I'm saying I don't think there are like humanoid aliens out there. But if there's a planet that can support life the same way that Earth can, but just in a different part of the universe, would that not be able to create a species similar to humans? Over years. Well, I suppose, but I don't think it would be like, you know, like when you imagine aliens, if you have got our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, then look at when I did the Heaven's Gate episode, because there's, you know, a stereotypical photo of an alien on there. Little dude, big head, big eyes, like those crazy Gray skin. Yeah. Like, I don't believe they look like that. I don't think that they walk on two legs, have two legs, two arms, one head, have big eyes, gray skin, you know, whatever. I don't think that they're like human alternatives because if you think about like the pressure the light the warmth the resources we have available here and like how evolution has occurred because yes i believe in evolution then i don't think that the same things have kind of added together to make a similar kind of creature on a different planet you know what i mean i guess like i think if you look at something like star wars They've got so many different sort of varieties and species of, like, alien. I think that, like, you know, something like Chewbacca might exist. But. (laughs) Sorry. I don't believe in Chewbacca. It's just because you said. I don't really believe in aliens, but Chewbacca could exist. Out of context. That's not what I meant. But you know what I mean. The only alien I believe in is Big Dog. I know that Chewbacca is like, don't come for me. Yeah. You know what I mean. I guess I'm just trying to say it in sort of an easier way to understand. I just don't think that like humanoid creatures exist with sort of, you know, the same level of intelligence. Also, why the fuck would they come here? To see new life. We suck. The people. Well, I believe that aliens came here a long time ago. I believe in ancient aliens. Oh god. I do, and I think there's a lot of evidence around it. I'll do an episode on it. Yeah, I was gonna say, why don't you say that for a whole new episode? I will. Um, we're not getting into this. I believe in. I believe in a lot of different alien stuff. I've done a lot. Aliens of made the pyramids. I've done a lot of research, and don't you don't you start mocking me <laughs> into aliens? I've watched a lot of documentaries on aliens, and I think that at some point aliens have been here. I think that the government knows about the aliens, and they're not doing anything about it because they don't want to freak anybody out. And I think that aliens could come again in the future, because. If there's an entire new species on a different planet, why would you not want to go and check it out? I suppose, but you would observe it and see how aggressive we are as a species. It could be like The Day the Earth Stood Still, the film. Yeah. Could be like that. 
you know, where they come down to, to warn you that bad things are happening on your planet because you're all bad people. I suppose, but we know about that and we're still not doing anything. Global warming is happening, guys. I know, this is off topic. Yeah, but like, I don't think it's. I don't think it would be worth it. I think they could observe us, you know. Also, who's to say that aliens have got better tech than we do? Really? Who's to say that they're that well, advanced? Well, I guess it's just assumed, but I kind of feel like we have better technology and we're just not releasing it. We're not releasing the information to the public because they're using it as, like, weapons. Oh, yeah. I think that we could definitely make, like, a better spaceship than what we have. We're just not doing it. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. Um... I'm not There's against a lot of aliens. conspiracies and ideas here. Yeah, I'm not a skeptic. I, I'm not completely close-minded. I'm open-minded on it. I just the universe is huge. But going back to Area Fifty One, I think that it's more of like a facade for the public. I think they might have been doing like some secret stuff there, and then everyone was kind of like, "Wait, what's this bunker that you've got right in the middle of the desert?" and started asking <laughs> questions. And then they've moved everything that was kind of like secret and unique and important out of it to an actual secret one and now they're using this as kind of like a touristy secret base where like they just do what they say they do yeah they just just, actually do aircraft yeah they do like training things and uh, because that way if anyone sees it they can be like yeah we told you we do that that's true yeah but like they have an actual secret one like 200 yards down the road. Yeah, I think that there's definitely a place where they are communicating with aliens, where they might have alien technology, where they might know about aliens or they're doing research, even if there isn't like aliens and all their technology there. Well, I, I don't think there would be aliens there. I think that there could be, you know, proof that aliens exist in a secret base. I just do not think that's Area 51 because I think that would be way too obvious. Like, why would they just be like letting that happen? Letting people be like, let's go to Area 51 and storm it. And then being like... Oh, God. And then there actually are aliens in there. You know what I mean? It's so easy to storm Area 51. You just got to duck under the gate and wear black. Kate! (laughs) Do you remember when that happened? And, like, the US news was like, please, God, don't storm this. You'll, like, be hurt. Yeah, I saw an article on it where people stormed it. It looked quite wholesome. Oh, yeah. It was just just a joke, wasn't it? But, like, guys... Come on now, stop it. Yeah. Like, could you imagine? Because they saw it as like a threat, didn't they? Because they were like, all these people are going to turn up and Well, there were millions of people in that Facebook group. I was in it. I was in it. (laughs) But like, it's a bunch of 13 year olds and like. I wasn't actually going to storm it. I live in England. As if I'm going to pay for a ticket to go to Nevada just to storm Area 51. If I'm going to Nevada, I'm just going to the Ale Inn. Going to see the desert. I'm going to Rachel. See ya. But yeah, I, that is my opinion on Area 51. I'm sorry that I've let you down by not believing in aliens wholeheartedly. I think that you should. I think that uh, you need to think about that more. But I will change your mind on a different episode of the podcast. Okay, spoiler. We'll be doing that at some point. I will revisit this. But aliens, are, it's such a big topic that... I you could talk about it for days and still not cover all of the ideas and conspiracies and things that I could be possible that I could believe in, you know. So we will revisit this at some point. But that was Area Fifty One. Speaking of Area Fifty One, did you know there's an area you can go to where you can support the podcast? 
Okay, that was smooth as hell. Pew, pew. <laughs> if you go to our website, mitsmagicandmoda.weebly.com, you can click on a button that says support the podcast and you can subscribe to our Patreon, donate some cash, or buy us a coffee if you want to. The Patreon has got a whole bunch of tiers. It goes from next to nothing a month to a more substantial amount of money. Um, you can get different things like discord shout outs follow backs letters whatever you want extra episodes extra episodes exactly so have a look even if you then decide it's not for you just the fact that you've gone and had a look and tried to support us in any way you can any amount of money and if you don't have any money then just liking sharing commenting reviewing all helps us so much it's magic pod if you want to go and follow us everything that we talk about on here we post about on there so any photos that we mention or anything like that all on there you can get updates from us so you'll know why we're not releasing episodes yeah so i can tell you which illness i have now yeah you can see what unfortunate circumstance we're in next so that we (laughs) we're putting things off goodness me and you can leave us reviews on like itunes and stuff and you don't have to pay money to support the podcast but yeah but also if you do want to pay money then i've heard we've got some pretty sick prints for sale oh yeah i i do illustration so i have drawn up a couple of little little designs if you go to the website again missmagicandmoda.weebly.com there is a shop page or you can find it on our instagram and uh there's a cute little print that i have a couple of uh just we can sign them date, date the back of them or whatever we can send them to you if you would like to purchase a print yeah so i think that's all of the plugin we've got for today i think it is yeah cool i'll get right into mine then yeah go ahead <clears throat> so i'm talking about la Garona, as i mentioned uh I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's got a double L. My GCSE Spanish tells me that's pronounced with a Y, so I think you're fine. Yeah, I'm really, really trying. There was a YouTube video where she called her La Lalona or something the whole way through, so trying not to follow in her footsteps. Trying to get it right. I know how mad you guys get when I say something wrong, so. No one's mad at you. Everyone's Everyone knows you're trying hard. Okay, so my sources were. Wikipedia, werewolves.com, l.com, legendsofamerica.com, sfgate.com, paranormalhauntings.blog, all that's interesting.com, ferrious.com, and imaginespirit.com. Oh, well, now I look stupid. You always do. I always do far too many, and you always do too. <laughs> so, La Llorona, otherwise known as the Weeping Woman or the Crier, is a Mexican folktale. Me, the Crier. <laughs> <laughs> too real, man. The story is over 500 years old and is one of the more popular tales amongst Mexicans, Mexican-Americans, and some Central Americans. She's described as a ghostly woman dressed in a white gown with black hair that can be seen near bodies of water, more often in the San Antonio region, by the Alazona Martinez Creeks. It's rumoured that you can hear soft wailing that slowly gets louder, and in between the wails you can hear cries of, Oh my children! Except in Spanish, but I'm not going to butcher the language, because... Good idea. Yeah, it would be a horrible mess. There are multiple backstories for La Llorona. Oh, nearly did it. Presumably due to the fact that it's an oral folktale, so people change it every time. I'm going to give three possible backstories. There are many, many more, but these are just kind of the similar ideas that kept cropping up. Well, I guess if it's oral, there's going to be a lot of different... Exactly, yeah. Some of them like follow all the way and then change at the end or whatever. So Yeah. Uh, the first two are based on a beautiful young woman named Maria. I don't know that she was beautiful. This isn't my my remark on Maria. In case you're writing Maria love letters. <laughs> I'm in love with you, Maria. Who belonged to a peasant family. Again, not dissing Maria's family. <laughs> it's just the information that I found. So, 
Version number one. Maria was said to have spent the days living as a peasant, but when night fell, she would put on her best white dress and go dancing and thrill the men who were pining for her, both rich and poor. She loved the attention that she got from these men. However, she had two small sons who made it difficult to spend the whole evening out. Some say they drowned through her neglect, but others say she wanted more freedom and thus drowned the boys. She killed them? Because she wanted to go dancing? It's possible. Does she know that you can get a babysitter? Listen up, I want to do the cha-cha slide till 2am. I'm going to drown you in the bathroom. Get a babysitter. <laughs> well, I don't know. It was 500 years ago. I'm sure she could find someone to look after her children for two hours, even if it was 500 years ago. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what her life was like. Okay, anyways. Maybe she couldn't afford it because she was a peasant. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why her parents didn't help out, but... We don't know about this woman. Continue. Version number two. One day, a rich nobleman travelled to Maria's village and was immediately smitten. Soon after, they were engaged and married. Then Maria gave birth to two sons. Her husband was always working and travelling, so he began to stop spending time with his family. When he did come home, he would spend all of his time with his sons, which Maria knew was because he had fallen out of love with her as she was getting older. One day, he left his family to live with a younger woman. Maria, who was obviously angry and hurt, took her children to a river and drowned them in a fury. She realised her mistake and looked for them. However, they'd already been carried away by the current. A few days later, her husband returned to spend time with the children, but obviously they were not there. When he asked Maria where they were, she cried and said that she, what she had done. Her husband was furious and said that they could not be together again unless she found the children. As a result of this, she now spends eternity looking for her lost boys. That's the story that I've heard as well. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of the most popular one. Yeah. Version number three. La Llorona has been identified with La Malinche, who was a Nahua woman who served as Hernán Cortés's interpreter, and he was a governor of New Spain. From here, she was his mistress and gave birth to his children. However, he then left her for a Spanish lady, and she performed acts of vengeance. This is all reminiscent of the Maria stories. Um, however, there's no evidence that La Malinche killed her children, so she was like a real woman. Right, okay, this is like a true story. Yeah, it's kind of like the possible true origin of right, okay. La Llorona. Um, so all of the stories, including Maria, normally end with Maria killing herself for what she did. Uh, but then she goes to Heaven's Gates, but she's turned away and forced to wander the earth to look for them. Because only when she finds them will she be allowed to enter the afterlife. So she's kind of a restless soul type thing. It's said that if you hear her crying, it will bring misfortune or even death. Lots of parents apparently use this to stop their children from wanting to stay out too late. It's kind of similar to England's Jenny Greenteeth, who's a water fairy in Lancashire. I've never heard of that. You've not? No, never. What is that? Well, she's... Like, Jenny and her sisters hide at the bottom of bodies of water and drag children in that come too close. She's like a water hag. Oh. Yeah. If, If you don't know about her, she's super interesting. You should definitely look it up. Anyway, it's um, said that Lagadona kidnaps children that are wandering too late, mistaking them for her own, or that she attacks children remembering her resentment. Also, there are some stories that say she attacks cheating husbands, so it kind of depends on which version of Lagadona you're telling. In the 1930s, Patricio Lujan was a young boy in New Mexico's Santa Fe, spending time with the family. 
His family was interrupted by the sight of a woman not far from their house. She was described as tall, thin, and wearing all white. She crossed the road, headed to the nearby creek. Then, when she got to the water, she seemed to glide as if having no legs, disappeared, then reappeared on the other side far quicker than any normal woman could have swam there. Creepy. When they were sure she had gone, the family went out to where she had been, only to find there were no footprints. I hate that. Yeah, <laughs> I knew you would. In spring 1954, a young woman called Joanne was traveling from Las Vegas to Colorado with her husband, cousin, and brother-in-law. They were headed north for work in fields and orchards. Just after midnight, her group heard a loud moaning coming from the nearby river. It was slowly coming closer and closer. Families came wandering outside, wondering what the sound was, and huddled together in fear. Eventually, some men got into their cars and trucks to go and find out what the noise was. They looked by the river to pinpoint the noise, but as they closed in on it, it moved to the opposite side of the river. The men followed the wailing from riverside to riverside, with the noise switching sides repeatedly, until eventually they just decided to give up. Fair enough. (laughs) Um, Just as this happened, the moaning stopped suddenly, and it was eerily quiet. Cannot blame them, to be honest. I'm not going to lie, I'd be a bit pissed off. Do you know what I mean? Your husband's gone to go see what this creepy noise is. And then he just gives up. Yeah, but it was switching sides. Like, obviously something's up and you guys just got to Why don't they just split into two groups? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I didn't think of that. Anyway. In 1986, in the Buffalo Bayou, surrounding the San Antonio region, a murder occurred that shook people up. After years of alleged abuse from her husband... Juana Marie Leja refused to be a victim any longer. One morning, she took her seven children down to the Buffalo Bayou and attempted to drown them. She threw six of her seven children into the river. Is this, like, a true thing? Yeah. Oh. Two of her children, Juana and Judas Dimas, died. Oh, no. Luckily, the rest were saved by people that had been called to the scene. Juana maintained her innocence by saying she had no choice other than this to get away from her husband's violence. She also claimed to be... La Llorona herself. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, me neither. I kind of... Uh, it kind of feels like a, an excuse, almost, for why she did it. Yeah. Um, I feel like it doesn't really make much sense. It's a sad story, though. Yeah, especially since La Llorona hasn't exactly been known for, like, possessing people. That's yeah. not really a characteristic. If there were multiple occurrences of this, maybe I'd be like... Well, there could well be. If you guys know of any, then just oh, yeah, you send us an email or a message. But yeah, um, that's the only one I could find. There was a film produced in 2019 called The Curse of La Llorona, but it was criticised because of the changes it made to the folklore in order to make it better watching in inverted commas. For example, according to an L interview with Carmen Tafolla, who's an internationally acclaimed Chicana writer. In the tales, La Llorona does not enter people's homes or cars, does not hang out in the bathtub, does not act like a mindless zombie, but is very much a human being in pain. Yeah, I did read that the film did not do very well. Yeah, With audiences think, or critics. I think they kind of monsterified her, really. That's such a shame. I wish Hollywood wouldn't do that with films and stuff. Yeah, it's frustrating. It feels like they kind of almost just kind of took the name 
yeah. and that was it just so that people can be like oh i grew up hearing folk tales of la Girona. you know this is super interesting i'm gonna watch this film and then it's literally just the name and the appearance that's the same apparently they called it something else in um like they called it the weeping woman or something in some countries right so i guess maybe yay was like we'll market this in you know places where this story is popular yeah we'll see like what is popular in the different places and call it accordingly which just feels like it's exploiting the culture to be honest in some ways it's kind of like with um that's hollywood <laughs> yeah it's kind of like with the Slenderman movie uh you know we haven't seen it and that we're good at talking about films we haven't seen yeah it's my biggest hobby actually <laughs> but like <laughs> you know it's not necessarily culture but it's still the name of something that is popular and then they just took that made something sort of similar around it and then did it made a poor film that no one liked. Yeah, well, I feel like with a lot of films, they're just looking for jump scares, you know what I mean? They're like, oh, well, if we change um, the fact that she's looking for her children to the fact that she wants to kill children, then we can, like, jump scare here, here, and here, you know what I mean? Yeah, it is a real shame. Yeah. Um, apart from this, she's been mentioned in television shows like Grimm and Supernatural. I think it was the pilot of Supernatural, actually. Uh, I don't really remember Supernatural. Um, It was a good episode. And there have been films such as Leandes Macabras de la Colonia and La Leyenda de la Llorona. As well as this, there's a BuzzFeed Unsolved video about her. And she's had novels written about her. For example, Luke Coles and the Flower of Chiloe by Josh Walker. And Nancy Farmer's The House of the Scorpion. Popular. So, yeah, she seems to be a pretty big figure. Um, And I'm really sorry if I've destroyed any spanish <laughs> you gave your best shot i think you did pretty good i did i tried but um yeah so what do you think about la Girona? i think it's a creepy story yeah um it is one of those folk tales though where i don't really know how sort of believed i don't really know how it it whether it was like a real thing or whether it's just kind of like a scary story to scare kids or yeah something that is like jenny green teeth type apparently Oh, I can't believe you didn't know about it. It's literally in Lancashire. It's right near where you used to live. I used to live in Liverpool. Yeah? They're like next to each other. Isn't Liverpool in Lancashire? No. Oh, it's right next to it. Liverpool's in Merseyside. I don't know what that is. You and your <laughs> fake places. <laughs> but yeah. Um, it's it's a really interesting story. I, I like it. She's really interesting. Yeah? Well, that sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. Thank you for teaching me. That's okay. Not a problem. No more announcements? Oh, I think we're good. I think that's the episode. Thank you for listening. Yeah. And uh, you better not be listening before bed. Listen before bed. <laughs>